Hello, this is Supriti from NewsLaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 1st of June. India reported over 1,27,000 new coronavirus cases in the last 24 hours, taking the infection tally to over 2 crores 81 lakhs. As many as 2,795 fatalities pushed the country's death toll to 3,31,895. However, these figures are believed to be massive undercounts. In its daily COVID-19 update, the Ministry of Health and Family Welfare said that the cases reported in the last 24 hours were the lowest in 54 days. It is worth noting, however, that only a little more than 17 lakh tests were conducted yesterday, as opposed to 19 lakhs the day before. Globally, the coronavirus has now infected over 170.1 million people and killed over 3.53 million. NDTV reported that the World Health Organization's chief scientist, Soumya Swaminathan, has said that India's ban on the export of coronavirus vaccines has had a severe impact on 91 countries. She said, and I quote, 91 countries are impacted by the shortage of supplies particularly since the AstraZeneca parent company has not been able to compensate for the doses which have not come from Serum Institute of India, end quote. Under the agreement with AstraZeneca, which was made in 2020, the Serum Institute was expected to provide a billion doses to countries with low and middle income. In 2020 alone, the Indian vaccine manufacturer was supposed to provide 400 million shots. Swaminathan added that most African countries had vaccinated less than 0.5% of their population. She said, and I quote, If we continue having this inequitable distribution of available vaccines, we will see some countries going back to some degree of normalcy in their life, while other countries are hit very hard and continue to be hit hard by subsequent waves. End quote. The Karnataka government has decided to approach vaccine manufacturing companies directly. Deputy Chief Minister Dr. C.N. Ashwatha Narayana said that the state government has decided to purchase vaccines directly from manufacturing companies, as the two companies which had submitted bids for the supply of Sputnik V vaccine in response to the global tender have not sent in the requisite documents. He added that the process of communication with vaccine manufacturing companies had already begun, given the threat of a possible third wave. Karnataka has been facing a shortfall of vaccines given the high demand and is one of several states in the country facing shortages. The vaccination of the 18 to 44 age group in the state had been launched on May 1st, but it was later put on hold as preference was given for the second doses of those over 45. In a press release, the health ministry claimed that more than 1.75 crore COVID vaccine doses are still available with the states and union territories. It added that more than 2.73 lakh vaccine doses are in the pipeline and would be received by the states and union territories within the next three days. Health Secretary Rajesh Bhushan chaired a review meeting through video conferencing with administrators from states and union territories on the progress of vaccination on Monday, where he said that there is a substantial scope to accelerate the pace of vaccination. The press release read, and I quote, The total availability of vaccines is going to increase, enabling states and union territories to ramp up the vaccination numbers. 
Central government will provide vaccine stocks so that the vaccination drive carries on with a steady pace. End quote. The Hindu reported that states and union territories have been asked to increase the number of near-to-home vaccination centers and proactively increase engagement with private hospitals by setting up coordination teams. The Federation of Resident Doctors Association, or FORDA, has given a call to observe today as a black day to condemn the derogatory and distasteful statements made by Ramdev. FORDA added that protests will take place without hampering the patient care. At the root of this controversy is a video in which Ramdev calls modern allopathy a stupid and failed science. He later raised 25 questions on the efficacy of modern medicine and also questioned the effectiveness of the vaccines against the coronavirus disease. Hindustan Times reported yesterday that yoga guru Ramdev said that he respected allopathy as well as doctors practicing modern medicine as their contribution is immense to the medical field and society. He said, and I quote, I want to end this so-called Ayurveda allopathy superiority episode. We respect allopathy and expect the same for Ayurveda, and it should not be seen as a pseudoscience or alternative therapy. It is an ancient medical science practiced, honed, and has been curing people for ages. End quote. In recent weeks, Ramdev has been at the center of a row with experts of allopathic medicine. As videos of the yoga guru propagated misinformation about the coronavirus and the use of modern medicine. With the Save Lakshwadeep campaign intensifying and leaders within the BJP objecting to recent decisions by Administrator Praful Khoda Patel, Home Minister Amit Shah assured a BJP delegation yesterday that no measures would be carried out without taking the people in the islands into confidence. BJP Vice President A.P. Abdullah Kutti, in charge of BJP affairs in Lakshwadeep, told the Indian Express, and I quote, the Home Minister assured that the proposed changes are just suggestions and have sought the public opinion on them from the citizens in Lakshwadeep. He asked us to tell people there's nothing to fear and no steps will be taken there without taking the people into confidence. He said there will be discussions with people for their consent. End quote. Lakshwadeep NCP MP Mohammad Faisal, who also met Shah yesterday, said he has been assured that the centre would not take any step in the islands without the consent of the people's representatives, panchayats or the residents there. On his demand for recalling Patel, Shah said that the centre will take a decision later. Shah's assurance came on a day when the Kerala Assembly passed a unanimous resolution demanding the recall of the Lakshwadeep administrator, whose controversial decisions have triggered widespread protests in the islands. The controversial measures by Patel include a ban on beef in the Muslim-dominated Lakshwadeep, introduction of a Gunda Act despite the low crime rate, a proposal to disqualify panchayat poll aspirants with more than two children, and establishment of a development authority with powers to acquire land. Executives of Telugu news channels TV5 and AB and Andhra Jyoti claim that the Andhra Pradesh government has unofficially banned their channels after accusing them of being critical of the YS Jagan Mohan Reddy government. According to Indian Express, the channels are now only available on DTH services and cannot be accessed through multiple system operators or MSOs which provide cable TV connections. Speaking to the publication, an executive of ABN Andhra Jyoti said, and I quote, This started on September 20th last year 
The MSOs privately say that they are under pressure to block the channels from ruling party leaders. The MSOs, however, officially told the Telecom Disputes Settlement and Appellate Tribunal that they have not blocked the channels and there was some technical difficulty. In spite of the TDSAT's order to air the channels, they are not complying. End quote. On May 15th, the state CID registered a sedition case against the two channels for airing speeches of YSR CP MP K. Raghurama Krishna Raju. The FIR states that the channels aired speeches of Raju which promoted enmity and hatred among communities and promoted disaffection against the government. The FIR further alleged that the MP colluded with the two channels, which gave him special slots to defame the government. Yesterday, the Supreme Court granted protection to the two news channels from any coercive action in the case lodged against them. In another case of suppression of the freedom of the press, a Z journalist's phone was seized by the Himachal Pradesh police for his expose on the state government's e-pass system. Aman Bhardwaj obtained passes using the names Amitabh Bachchan and Donald Trump to show that the system was faulty. However, instead of rectifying the system, he was promptly booked and harassed. Bhardwaj told News Laundry that the FIR was only targeted against him. He said, and I quote, It did not mention my organization, nor did it state that I was a journalist. End quote. You can read about Aman's ordeal in Ayush Tiwari's detailed report, which is titled, Himachal Police Sees Z Journalist Phone for Exposing Lax COVID E-Pass System. As you can tell, the current state of affairs is far from ideal for journalists. When we try to bring out realities, we are faced with numerous hurdles such as this. Intimidation, gatekeeping of information, and more often than not, prosecution. All for doing our job. We understand these as occupational hazards that we have to deal with. But it becomes an easier cross to bear knowing that you have our back. News Laundry is an independent organization, which means that we rely only on our subscribers to have our back. If you feel like you want to do something to continue the fight for truth, subscribe to us. We work hard to bring you ground realities as they are. And you can access those reports in the form of podcasts, interviews, videos, and much more. Pay to keep news free. Five labourers, four from Assam and one from Tripura, have been trapped inside a coal mine since May 30th in East Jaintia Hills District in Meghalaya. After being informed about the incident, the district police found the location where the miners were trapped at 6am yesterday. The authorities attributed the delay to inclement weather, poor nightlight condition and non-availability of any eyewitness account. The police have identified the owner of the mine as Nizam Ali and named him as the primary accused, who they said did nothing to rescue the trapped labourers and instead threatened those who survived. He is currently absconding. The former owner of the mine has been detained for questioning in the case. This is the second incident of this nature to take place this year. In January, six workers were killed in an accident when they were working in a coal mine in the same district. The six coal miners had fallen to a depth of 150 feet, after the machine they were using to dig a tunnel broke. Stating that its confidence in Delhi's drug control department was shaken, the Delhi High Court yesterday asked the body how BJP MP Gautam Gambhir was given a clean shit without a proper inquiry into how his foundation was able to procure a COVID drug in bulk. 
the court asked the drug controller to file a revised status report by Thursday in the resumed hearing of a case alleging illegal distribution of COVID medicines by political leaders during the pandemic. The bench said, and I quote, If your drug controller is not interested in doing the job, then we will ask that he be removed and that somebody else take over. What investigation? This is trash. There is no legal basis to it. End quote. When the drug controller submitted that drugs from which the Fabi flu was procured by the foundation had ample stock to supply to other retailers and there was no shortage, the court asked the council not to tell them that there was no shortage. We all know there was a shortage, the court said. The court also took exception to Gambhir's statement that he would do it again. It said, and I quote, This tendency of people trying to take advantage of a situation of a crisis in the city or in the country and then trying to appear as saviors while they are actually creating the problem, this is a pernicious activity which has to be denounced. End quote. This is not over yet. We still have our turn. This is what a sign carried by a protester in Myanmar read. Four months in, the resistance shows no signs of slowing down. Pro-democracy supporters took to the streets on Tuesday in several districts as fighting between the army and anti-junta militia raged in border areas. The military had ousted an elected government in a coup in February this year. Despite a ferocious crackdown by security forces, Myanmar's military is still struggling to impose order after arresting Aung San Suu Kyi and senior leaders of her party that sparked nationwide protests and strikes. Local media showed that anti-military protesters staged a march in Long Loan today while in the commercial hub of Yangon, a group of mainly young protesters rallied in the district of Kamayut. Reuters reported that security forces have killed 840 people since the coup. But these figures are refuted by the junta, who claim that the toll is closer to 300. They have also stated that a civil war in Myanmar is unlikely. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe and hold on during these trying times. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.